I think you also can't compare your life situation to like the person's highlight reel that you're seeing 100 percent facebook and instagram because sure maybe they got that job but maybe their boss sucks hey guys welcome back to the dude i love that podcast today's episode is going to be something very fun i know all of you are dying are you ready we're talking about failures yay so fun (laughs) and you might think that is like probably the last thing you'd want to listen to. But we are actually talking about how failures get you where you want to be and not in like the, you know, motivational speaker type way. We're talking about personal experiences that we've had that we have either fallen flat on our face or totally just screwed up majorly and how it actually ended up helping us getting to where we are now. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can relate to these and see yourselves in some of these stories. Yeah. So all right, Allison, take it away. Okay. So my very first point is that every failure that I've had so far has proven to me that I needed to fail for some reason. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'll elaborate. I think that everything that I've considered a failure so far in my life, I look back on it and I realize if I hadn't have failed, I wouldn't have learned something super important or I wouldn't have been redirected into the path that I'm supposed to be on. Um, So it's kind of almost like a door closing instead of like actually failing. Right. So for me, Personal experience wise, um, when I quit ballet, I mean, for me, that was I felt like it was a fail in a way because I couldn't live up to the lifestyle and the standards that a professional dancer would have to meet. And it to me, it just felt like I was failing in absolutely every way because that was what I thought I was doing with my life career wise. Um, but I know that now it was it was really just it was God. He was pointing me in another direction. And he needed to give me something. Um, he needed to give me that reason to fail in order to move forward. So it all ended up working out in the end. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think so many times you you get to a place and you're like really set on it and you know that the expectations they have for you know whatever you're doing are X, Y, and Z. And if you don't meet that, you always feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a serious screw up. Mm-hmm. I just suck. I can't do it. I can't meet what they need. And a lot of times that is the thing that's like, okay, if you can't meet what they need, this is probably not the path for you. Mm-hmm. And we usually just get so focused on like, no, this is what I want. This is what I want to do that. We totally disregard that. And I think that's something that people do in relationships a lot as well. Oh yeah. You get so like, I don't want to say tunnel vision, but like basically tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And you're so focused on the end goal that you completely disregard the fact that maybe this isn't going to work because if you can't meet, like you were saying, the expectations of a dancer professional, then, you know, probably can't do that you know it's just like it's just probably not gonna work so yeah I think that's that's a good point that I also needed to hear yeah I think a lot of people even if you're not you know if you've been in any sort of high stress high controlled environment work school or otherwise you know that um, it feels like you're failing when you're not meeting other people's expectations but that's just it's just not a good way to live because you can't focus on what people have to say about you yeah well and also you meeting not meeting their expectations is and if you're you're doing everything you can Mm -hmm. and you just still can't live up to it like maybe their expectations are just just too extreme and too high yeah for anyone to reach and feel accomplished Mm -hmm. you can't take on 
that disappointment that the person that is expecting you to do things has for you. Right. So that's something that I, I mean, guys, I'm going to be totally open about this. I had to go to therapy for this because I always felt like I couldn't meet expectations for like work or, you know, friends or whatever it would be. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that once I got that cleared up, it was like my entire world opened. That's amazing. You start to like this freedom comes and you feel like this weight is lifted off your shoulders because you don't have to live up to people's expectations any longer Mm -hmm. because the only thing you need to make sure is that you're doing the best that you can in all things and that your consciousness is clean at the end of the day. Yeah. That's all that matters, really. It's so true. So I love that point, Allison. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's plenty of other instances um, that have happened to me where I think, oh, it feels like I'm failing, but um, it's really just, I know it's hard in the moment to just think like, this is what's supposed to happen, but it really is what's supposed to happen. Even for with college for me, you know, oh, yeah. um, for me, going to community college felt like such a fail. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. I, I bet you there are people listening that totally feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Anyone our age, I'm sure, you know, if they're like around college age or they just decided that they didn't want to go to college, which is also fine. Like it just depends upon, you know, the path you want to take. But society has just this crazy weird thing that if you're in community college, somehow you just haven't um, lived up to what, you know, these Ivy Leagues are looking for. You're not smart enough. You're not whatever. But if I hadn't have gone to community college, I would not have um, had the opportunity to learn more about myself, to really heal from certain um, other things that were going on mentally and emotionally in my life. And I would not have ended up in the school that I'm in right now um, because I would have just jumped into whatever type of school there was. I was going to go to a different um college here in Florida, but um, it just was not the right thing for me at all. And God really revealed that to me. And now, you know, I needed to have that failure to move into this place of, um, I guess, not really reward, but where he wants me to be. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think going off of your whole college situation, Mm -hmm. for me, I literally felt like a failure at 21 years old. Mm. Because for those of you who don't know, I right out of high school started doing social media marketing and management. And I always knew college was not for me. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to go to college. I couldn't even fathom doing that. Like that seemed so otherworldly to me. And so <laughs> I remember even like senior year, I felt so much pressure because I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I was like bawling my eyes out constantly because yeah. I felt pressure that I had to choose and I, that's so stupid for someone at 18 years old to decide what they want to do for the rest of their working lives. Mm-mm. That's absurd. And so the pressure was enormous. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to have to just take any old job or, or not even any old job, but um, any career path because I just don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And that's totally normal. But for me, I went on and I did do social media marketing and management. And you are amazing at it. You still are. (laughs) But every single time my job would get taken away because either the company would go under or, you know, just weird things kept happening. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. It was all circumstantial outside circumstances. Yeah. And so the last social media job I had, I was actually fired because um, I would not meet uh, a random man from Craigslist that my boss wanted me to meet at our 
uh, office building in a somewhat sketchy, it was like a downtown area. And uh, I, I, I literally thought he was joking because I'm like, I'm a slight person, like I'm 5'2", like didn't even weigh 100 pounds. And I had to help this man move this freaking gigantic Ikea couch into yeah, no. a U-Haul. Like I, I genuinely thought he was joking. And he has a very like dry personality. So I thought this was his way of joking with me and like, you know, welcoming me into the, uh, into the crew. Yeah, hazing <laughs> me. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And then he started to um, really grind down on me. And he was making me do things that were absolutely not part of my job description. And it was just really horrible. And not that I didn't want to be a team player. Totally not my intention at all. But it was just a very extreme circumstance that I was in. And I'm sure every time that you couldn't meet what he wanted you to do, you felt in a way like you were failing. Yeah. Well, and not even that, but like my direct boss and I got along so well, like two peas in a pod. Mm. But for the head of the company to come at me asking these things that were completely ridiculous, uh, it just, you know, you're kind of sitting there like, wait, am I even in a real life situation right now? (laughs) This feels like a sitcom. Yeah. Because these things were so absurd. And so... When I got fired from that job, it was like right near the holiday season. So no one's hiring because they've already done all their hiring. And I would have company after company, like either I'd apply and they would ask me for an interview or they would come to me asking me to apply for jobs. And I would. And then they either wouldn't get back to me or they would say, oh, no, you're not experienced enough. And it's like, well, why did you even like contact me in the first place? If if you could see my resume plain and clear. Yeah. And it just, it was for a year this happened. And there were other things going on in my life. I couldn't just get a regular job at this point because I had a lot of other responsibilities and I just couldn't do it. And so I literally felt embarrassed to my core that this is my life. And people thought I was doing so well because like I was freelancing. I kind of had my own business and Mm -hmm. whatever. And I was working for an international company Mm -hmm. and I was working for national and local companies. And then to have that all ripped away within one period of time and to not be able to get a job like literally anywhere else. Guys, I got rejected from Whole Foods. This is no joke. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, well, it was it was definitely the Lord because right after that, I had an extreme family situation that I would have had to quit my job anyway. It was a closed door. It was not it a was. failure. Yeah. And so and that's exactly like your point. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you were saying. But I literally felt so embarrassed And I couldn't really say anything about it. Like I felt too embarrassed to even talk about it. And this whole time I was feeling like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you that you can't even get a job at Whole Foods as a cashier? Like you've gotten a problem. And to be rejected from every social media job, even after going through a third round interview, like getting not just like a phone interview, like cursory interview, I'm talking, you got deep in the process. Mm -hmm. And then for them to end up saying like, you don't fit what we need or you don't have enough experience or you're too young, that hurts. For sure. And so and it probably just makes you rethink and ruminate on all of the other ways that you felt this failing or felt like a failure from the time that you were graduating high school. It's just it it almost like reiterates what you're already telling yourself. Yeah. Well, and it hurts so bad because I was the one that was in every single morning, like 30 minutes early, getting things ready, getting ready to work. Mm -hmm. I was working like 10 minutes before everybody else. I got my stuff done quickly and accurately. Mm hmm. You never had to come ask me like, hey, why haven't you done this yet? It was done. Yeah. And it wasn't like I just did it haphazardly. It was done right. And there were times where the boss would leave and my coworkers would leave work early because, hey, the boss isn't here. So we can just leave. Yeah. I stuck at work. Mm -hmm. I gave everything that I had. 
and worked diligently to make sure that I was serving this like every company that I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. And to yeah, be your treated, work ethic is just out of this. Oh, world. thank you. <laughs> no, seriously, which is also why like being a friend, like being on this, you know, seeing you go on this journey has been honestly, it's been like disheartening for me, too, because I'm just like, OK, look at this girl who's perfectly qualified. She has this experience and she knows exactly what she's doing. And to have all these places just not see that I, it's it's unfathomable to me. Yeah, it's it hurts like deeper than your heart. You know, mm-hmm. to, to be constantly told no. This mm-hmm. is why I would never be good at, like, acting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the no. rejection is just oh, awful. I wouldn't. I actually took a career test. And I actually, I'm going to shout it out because it's awesome. It's called Career Direct. If I've never um, heard of it. It's so good. And I, I think that's the name. I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, I actually took it. It's a paid test. Someone actually gifted it to me anonymously. I have no idea who did it. Still to this day. Oh, I think I remember you saying yeah. this, actually. Yeah. It was about a year ago and I took the test and it actually really laid out for me. You need a career with low rejection rate. Mm -hmm. You need to have clearly defined tasks. You need to be creative, but also be analytical. And it gave me all these things. And so I started to go, oh, okay, this is why things aren't working out. Mm -hmm. Like this is why I'm applying for jobs that are outside of my normal thing and not getting them or, you know, whatever. It's just, it really helped me to understand that these and it gave me my expectations for myself Mm -hmm. which is a huge thing that I'm like really passionate about knowing your expectations and your boundaries but that was something for me where I was like oh okay finally I understand but also during this time even adding on to the failures people would go well what are you passionate about like what do you just go to something you're passionate about and I'm like I'm not passionate about anything like at this time I literally was like I I'm not passionate about anything because all of those rejections are just beating you down to the point where you start questioning, well, what do I even like to do? Yeah. Or what am I even good at? What do I have to offer anyone? Yeah. That's exactly what I felt like. Because you're just sacrificing what you're passionate about in order to just get that job, to get that, you know, security to be, you know, and a lot of people do that. They settle. They give up what they're passionate about because they've had all this rejection and failure and then they go on to do things that they just weren't meant to do, but they have to because they need to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's really sad. sad. But yeah, so I just want to speak to anybody out there that feels like a failure, whether you are 15 or 42. Mm. I literally had exhausted all my options at 21 and felt like the biggest reject watching everybody that I went to school with in high school and middle school graduating from colleges. And, you know, I'm assuming going on to a great opportunity right around the corner. So seeing that just like really piled it on. That was so difficult. I think you also can't compare your life situation to like the person's highlight reel that you're seeing 100%, on Facebook and Instagram because sure, maybe they got that job, but maybe their boss sucks and they're running themselves ragged and they're fighting with their significant other and all this stuff. And you don't know the ins and outs and not to like totally downplay people's and your, um, mm-hmm. you know, experience but it's you you just the comparison thing especially in our like modern day with the social media it's just ridiculous so you just everyone's failures are their own things and sometimes you don't even see them (laughs) yeah it's so true but I think one thing that you say is that failures in the eye of the beholder so can you just talk about that a little bit because that was like whoa that's (laughs) so 
good, dude. Yeah. Well, I always used to think about the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, that Mm -hmm. saying, because especially my like artistic and dance background that I came from, and I hate to bring this up again so much, but it's just, I've learned so much from my experiences. Well, it's part of your story. Like this is a big part of you. Yeah. And I just always used to think, well, how come that girl got that role and I didn't? And I would be like, oh, well, she's skinnier than me. She's working harder at, you know, losing weight. She's staying after class to rehearse more and I would just think that okay you know I'm just not doing enough and I'm just not beautiful enough but then I was reminded of that saying that beauty is in the eye of the beholder every person has a different perception of what beauty is so at the same time everyone's going to have a different perception of what failure is and what they define as failing because there were many times where I felt like my entire life was completely falling apart and I'd have peers or friends come up to me and say, you're doing so amazing. I wish that I could be like you. You're so talented. You just seem like you have everything together. I just want to be like you. And it would shock me. That's so crazy to like feel such failure in your gut, but then everybody telling you you're doing well, that's like, whoa, I'm tripping out. It would absolutely floor me. And I would be like, well, you're the one that's getting all these roles and you're the one that's, you know, succeeding and getting these opportunities. How could you possibly say that I'm doing better than you? And so that's what made me realize everyone's perception of failure is different. And um, what, what it really is, is that it was my perfectionistic mindset that was making me think I was failing at everything. When really I was probably doing just fine, but because I wasn't meeting that perfectionistic standard, it was failing. Yeah. And that's the end of it. (laughs) Wow. That's so, I can't even imagine like feeling such failure and then having people who are actually not failing, but are succeeding, telling me that I'm doing well when I'm failing. That's weird. Yeah. That's insane. It just goes to show that every single person is so different and Mm-hmm. in our society failure it's like we're not we're not allowed to fail right yeah and we have to fail in order to grow failure is mm-hmm. necessary for growth yes so showing your failures sharing them sometimes even mm-hmm. can just make it a more relatable and you know vulnerable experience that we can all learn from you know actually that reminds me i was listening to uh sadie robertson's podcast and she had bob goff on okay and he actually holds a class where he brings in all of his friends that have failed majorly and has him speak to his students That's i don't know amazing. like what he teaches or what he does but he said that and that just resonated with me on every level i was thinking to myself wow that man's amazing because and not even him but the people that are willing to share and be so vocal about their failures to people that are trying to learn to be like them. Yeah. It has to be so weird, but it's almost like it gives you even more permission to fail. And not that I'm saying you should not try your hardest and that you shouldn't do your best. Right. And you we're know, not saying just give up here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And not that you shouldn't put forth effort, I mm-hmm. think, is the other thing. But like actually being able to say, hey, I failed, but look where I'm at now. Look where this failure took me. Because even for you, like if you hadn't have quit dance, like maybe you wouldn't be doing graphic design right now. Yeah. I probably would not have, um, I, I'm sure I at some point would have been saved, but I would not have been saved as quickly as I was. Yeah. I would not have gone to the home church that I'm at now and met you. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have um, stayed in Florida and just met all of these amazing people that I have in my life. And I, I just, I think it's also important that like you were saying how these people came to speak with these students we need to remember that we cannot be afraid to fail 
and I think sometimes I still struggle with this, is that I am so afraid to fail that I won't even try. Yeah. So we can't let that fear of failure stop us from trying because if we don't try, we'll never know. (laughs) You know what I'm thinking of? What are you thinking of? That quote from a Cinderella story. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't let the fear of striking you out, (gasps) striking out, keep you from playing the game. That's what it is. I mean, hard truths being served from a Cinderella story. Yes. (laughs) I seriously agree with that. Oh, my gosh. I swear you can always bring some kind of like genius idea back from any kind of those like old movies and not even old movies but like you know classic the classic like ones. childhood <laughs> the favorites like good ones <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> oh my gosh or like uh princess diaries or something oh my gosh yeah i think there's so many life lessons in those but you know what that's that's not even the point that's another podcast <laughs> that's another podcast we should do one of just like talking about things that we've learned from our favorite shows and movies like old time though yes that would be so good we will need to talk about nostalgia for sure so good but one thing i wanted to say and Mm -hmm. this is something that like goes off of my story you can't always get what you want in the beginning i think so many times with our culture like we just think we're gonna immediately be in like an seo role or not seo (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna be a search engine optimization over here (laughs) in a ceo role my bad um i've got social media on the brain uh we're not always going to be in that uh ceo role Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the very beginning but that doesn't mean that you can't get to where you want to go but it might take some failures to get there i don't know ask a single like extremely successful person did you just get everything right on the first try they're gonna be like uh are you joking no and if they don't say that they de- like haven't failed, then they're lying. They're There's lying for no sure. Way. There's no way. But I think for me, when I started to understand that each failure really is like a big puzzle piece. And when you put all of these different like, hey, I tried this, but it didn't work out. Or even like a big, I fell flat on my face and totally like endowed and embarrassed the crap out of myself. When you start putting all those things together, it starts filling in the spaces and you start being able to see where things interlock and like, oh, maybe this isn't the right path for me. I see a bunch of things, you know, filling up here where they all fit together, but because that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, things just start coming together and you start to see the overall picture and you're like, oh, okay, this is making so much sense. I wouldn't have gotten here. I wouldn't have had this corner piece without this piece over here and I failed there. And then this the corner piece that really sets the whole thing together was a success. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing things coming together and it gives you more of a, a weight lifting feeling because you know you have to complete the puzzle. It's mm-hmm. just how is it going to get done? Some people like to do the edges first. Some people like to get the center filled first. And so we all have different ways of completing the puzzle piece of our life. And, you know, sometimes... It, it's going to take some failures, but you're always going to have those like anchor pieces that mm-hmm. you need to complete the puzzle. And if that's a failure for you, hey, you got it out of the way early. Oh, yeah. And if it's a success, cool. Just know there's going to be failures in your future, whether it's your professional life, your personal life, whether it's with friendships. I mean, you never know. But I think once I looked at it that way, it allowed me to see my failures in a new light Mm -hmm. and it takes away that pressure of always having to succeed and feel like you have to have these like perfect moments for other people and for social media and what have you so yeah white card moments the whole time you were giving that analogy i'm like oh my gosh this is i could see you you were like i want to say something i was getting so excited (laughs) dude i love that i love that for sure oh my gosh but yeah i think failures can be so draining and upsetting but as hard as it is, just keep trying to like refine your process and hone in on what am I good at or what can I have done differently or what did I do 
well in this situation. Mm -hmm. And once you start getting those things together, it lets you take away the really painful sting of a failure. Mm -hmm. Because once you're able to pull some good things out of it and separate things into categories, it's almost like, oh, okay, the failure wasn't as bad as I thought because maybe I was pursuing something that isn't right for my personality. Mm -hmm. Or, well, maybe it was a little bit of like, it was this person that added to the failure and we just didn't work well together or you know, every situation's different, but yeah. I'm trying to give you like a little bit of a insight into how failures can work and how you can view them differently in order to not feel like a major screw up, but feel like, hey, I struck out today, but I'm not going to let that keep me from, you know, playing the game of life as yeah. Cinderella story would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important not to completely negate our emotions because, we can't trust our emotions for sure, but naturally as, you know, we're so imperfect as humans that we're going to feel that sting of a failure. We're going to feel that sadness and just that complete shock and confusion. And um, we're that's just the way that we're wired. So I think that it's okay to feel it at first, but um, don't let that keep you from seeing that puzzle piece, you know, analogy, as you were saying that, you know, it's not like, oh, we failed. Wow. Yay. We <laughs> failed. So great. I'm so happy I failed. No, we're, we're going to feel sad about it. But knowing that it's it's taking us one step closer to our goal is what's more important. Oh, yeah, for sure. But man, this has been such a good episode. This is a good one. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hear more from us, we are doing episodes every week now pretty much. So stay tuned. Um, if you want to follow us on our social media, we are everywhere at Dude I Love That. And if you want to go check out our website, we are at DudeILoveThat.com. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we hope to have you with us next week. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.